the beginning, I just went along with what my tutors were suggesting. But since I've been in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, I also started taking initiative. Like I try to suggest activities or I try to get their help on a specific thing. So I find it's a huge difference whether you're more passively engaged in the lesson or whether you're actually actively suggesting uh, what helps you the most, since then I can also get a bit more out of the lessons. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 138. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. My name is Shannon Kennedy and with me as always is my co-host Benny Lewis and today we're talking to Annika who has learned a very interesting language with us quite recently as a part of the Fluent in Three Months Challenge and of course going forward anytime we mention the Fluent in Three Months Challenge you can just swap challenge out for boot camp which is our new program that will be replacing the challenge. So let's go ahead and get started. Tell us how your language learning journey first started. Yeah, so I think I've always been interested in language learning, maybe since I was 18, I think. Um, But I never really knew how to learn. So basically, I've been learning in group classes at university. So I tried Chinese, I tried Russian, I tried French. Um, but I never really got very far, actually. Um, once the group class ended, I, I didn't study by myself. And um, so I knew a little bit of this and a bit of that, but I wouldn't say that I was starting to become a polyglot or something. I was just interested. And then eventually I happened across the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, or now the boot camp, uh, and thought I wanted to give it a try. And since then, basically, I've discovered so many new ways to learn languages and um, yeah I, I was very impressed by the by the quick progress I could make in Telugu only in two years I would say I'm maybe at a B1 level something I could never have imagined before and now I kind of got back into the the taste of it so I, I restarted my Russian and I restarted my Chinese and I'm experimenting a bit um, with the methods I can use to yeah, to make it as efficient as possible and as fun as possible, basically. Can you tell us what inspired you to specifically work on Telugu? Uh, my uh, my boyfriend's native language is Telugu. So, um, and it, it was also fascinating because it's from a language family I never uh, got to know any language from. So my kind of very ambitious aim is to know the biggest language of each of the big language families eventually, if I can make it work with the methods. So uh, I never learned an Indian language before, and I thought that would be quite interesting, and it's quite different from the languages I've learned before. But yeah, so I have the private motivation, which also helps me uh, keep going, basically. So with Telugu, it's not what is known as like a... like popularly learned language not to say that it's not a popular language it's spoken by a lot of people but it's not learned as often as say French or German and so finding resources and figuring out how to approach learning a language like Telugu can be challenging so what were some of the things that you did to learn a language with few resources for learners yeah it's it's definitely the case that there's not many resources I mean that's basically the first language I tried to learn where I couldn't find a group class 
which basically forced me into trying other things. Uh, I started off with italki lessons. Um, there are not so many tutors there for Telugu, I think nine or something. Um, and yeah, I started with one who taught me all of the basics. And then, yeah, I, I checked what else was out there. It's it's not so much, but I started reading children's stories. Um, they have a Telugu version and an English version. But uh, the problem is it's it's getting a little bit boring if you only do that because it's children's stories, so it's not it's not hyper interesting. Um, but recently, I started discovering that there's I mean it's 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 an Indian language, so there's lots and lots of content for native speakers. So there's huge um, Indian channels on YouTube where where you could watch lots of content. Uh, the only problem is there's no subtitles. But I started hiring people recently to transcribe it for me. And now I'm basically going through paragraph by paragraph and asking for help from my boyfriend and from my teachers. So now I can, I start to learn how to access the huge wealth of content there is. There's just nothing designed for learners, but a lot for natives. Yeah, this is something that I've recommended to others myself whenever I've gotten into languages that have less resources, but have a lot of native speakers who you could potentially hire in some kind of capacity. So could you tell us a little bit about that process? Because like you said, if they can create the captions for the videos for you or something like that, it makes your work so much easier. So do you just work with your teachers or do you use uh, another platform to potentially hire people? Or what kind of system do you have in place for the non-language lesson parts of getting help from native speakers? For starters, I ask my boyfriend from time to time if I don't understand something. But of course, he doesn't have time all the time. He's not as uh, engaged about it as I am. Uh, so I, I checked Fiverr, which is a, a platform where you can hire people starting from five bucks, basically. And... Um, yeah, I just have to make sure that that they're serious about it, because there's in Telugu there is a lot of um, conjunctions. I'm not too sure if you call it like that, but there are several words which they they um, put together into one word. So it's important that um, this is kind of marked because otherwise you see the caption but you have no idea which word it is. Like it consists of two words, but there's no way to infer that basically. So yeah, I tried that. And for now, the results were pretty good. I found some people who, who took it seriously and were also pretty fast with it. And since uh, since the, the conversion with the currencies is, is good for my side, so it's much cheaper than if I hired somebody in Germany to do that for me. Yeah, and actually, since I'm pretty new to doing that, that's all I've been doing so far. I hired people on Fiverr, I asked my teachers, and I asked my boyfriend, and I also tried Google Translate to get a rough idea what it means in English. I'm sure that this is a method that a lot of people would be really interested in learning, and I'd love to know a little bit about how you break down these texts and the audio that you're studying with. So. What is your process when you're going through the transcriptions that you're getting to make sure that you have a foothold in, in the language and that you're able to kind of get through and then adapt it so that you can then go on and use what you're learning through these transcripts? Um, yeah, I, I was wondering that myself, but I've been I've been Googling a lot and watching a lot of videos and I came across some strategies by Fingtam languages and by Polymathy. Um, 
so basically the method I've been using, I forgot what he called it. It's by Polymathy. I think the seven step rereading method. So you start with one paragraph and um, you listen to the audio, first of all, and you try to read along with the transcript uh, at the speed at which the speaker is saying it, which is already a little bit challenging because Telugu has a different alphabet. But basically, you try your best. Um, and then in the second step, you would um, read it yourself. No, second step, I think you analyze it. Um, and you try to find out what each word is meaning. So either you look it up in the dictionary or it's it's actually enough if it's roughly, if you roughly understand what's going on. And then you continue reading it yourself. And fourth step, you read it yourself again. But this time you try to imagine it. Then fifth step, you're basically acting it out and connect your own emotion with the text. And you go back to... Uh, you go back to um, listening to the native speaker again. So basically, the seven steps are to repeat it enough times such that the words start sticking in your head, but basically making it interesting. And you notice by reading it yourself and, and acting it out um, that definitely a lot sticks. And by the seventh time, you already remember quite a lot and you know what's happening, even if you don't read the English transcription. So it's it's actually quite a fun method to use. So you go through paragraph by paragraph. And um, if I if I look into a paragraph again that I analyzed in this way, I, I basically remember all of it and to oh, almost all of it. And um, if I want to make even more use of it, I try to note down the verbs which come up in the text so that I can... Uh, in the next session that I have with my teacher, I try bringing the verbs up and making a conversation about it. Because before, I had a bit um, of a problem when I went to these lessons, like they were quite conversational, but we would revolve around the same topic again and again. So I stopped learning new things. But if you use new verbs, then the conversation goes completely new directions. So I find I can improve much faster than before, definitely. So you've got experience learning other languages and obviously a lot of the languages that are the bigger ones that tend to be studied have so many resources for, for them that are available that reduce your workload to create the content yourself in some way. Uh, so I'm curious, what are your thoughts on what, the, what your experience has been in terms of the differences between learning those more studied languages versus learning Telugu? And what challenges have you faced that you weren't expecting? And how have you tried to overcome those? Yeah, it definitely feels much, much nicer. If you go back to studying Russian from having studied Telugu, it feels like there's so much out there that you can use. So it feels like a bit of a relief. <laughs> but I mean, on the other hand, studying Telugu has is, is become a challenge for me. Like I want to break through the fact that there's such little resources and um, it's it's basically a little bit a motivating factor that uh, maybe I could achieve fluency and maybe I could even create um, resources for other people. I'm not too sure yet how to do that, but so that it would be easier for somebody else who wants to learn Telugu to do it. I mean, I've uh, read a lot on comprehensible input. And I'm not too sure if someone who's learning it can create it or if you would hire somebody um, to do it for you. Like um, if I if I try to speak 
um, like a basic introductory session where you just say, my name is this, what is your name? Is my name this or is my name that? Um, I guess it's it's more helpful than if there's nothing there, but probably it's pref uh, it's preferable if it's done by a native speaker. So I'm I'm not too sure if has either of you ever done that, like creating your own content for for other learners. Yeah, Shannon and I have both worked together on courses, and it is definitely a lot of work because you have to put yourself in their mindset, and you kind of have to, in a way, unlearn what you already know and imagine what their experience will be like learning it all from scratch. So it's definitely a lot of work. No, I'm just saying it. It, uh, it should definitely be helpful in that case because I really, I think I know two people who are dedicated to making new content, but they're doing it as a as a side thing. So there's a huge gap between like complete beginner and reaching the level where you can make use of the native resources. So it would be nice if if there was someone who who um, made this content because I've met a couple of people who also wanted to learn Telugu. Um, mostly also people who have a Telugu speaking partner and they're also facing the same problems. Like they're asking, what are you using? I'm not finding anything. So yeah, it's difficult. So one other aspect with Telugu is that the written language and the spoken language are different. And a lot of the time when you study with a teacher, they have a tendency to lean more towards the more formal written language as opposed to the vernacular spoken language. So what are the, some of the things that you've been able to do to get around this with your tutors in particular? Yeah, I always try to tell my tutors that I'm interested in the spoken language. But it's definitely true that um, especially one tutor I have, she's, she's very, very interested in um, the literature Telugu and uh, she finds it very beautiful. And I think I can appreciate it as well once, once I'm at that level. Um, but it basically takes... Um, in the beginning, um, I just went along with what my tutors were um, suggesting. But uh, since I've been in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, I also started taking initiative. Like I try to suggest activities or I try to um, get their help on a specific thing. So it's, I find it's a huge difference whether you're more passively engaged in the lesson or whether you're actually actively suggesting uh, what helps you the most, since then I can also get a bit more out of the lessons. And I feel like it's... It's also fun for my teachers if you have an engaged student, because um, after each challenge, when I have the day 90 conversations with the teacher, they, they're always impressed on how much of progress I've made uh, with the, the sentence writing and all the things, with, all the melee challenges which, which come up. So it, it gives quite a huge boost and it gives them a boost to, to, to see um, if you study by yourself that... Yeah, basically, it's a it's a collaborative effort. I would say it's it's their help and my own thing. So it's actually quite nice, I find. And you were saying before that you would, of course, follow that online content. And there's obviously plenty of native speakers who would upload stuff to YouTube. But in terms of uh, being able to enjoy things from Tollywood and Sandalwood, like how do you find those movies uh, so that you can watch them in your home country? Um, cause that's, that's always a big issue for people. Like everyone can do a quick search on YouTube for the language name, but how do you find content beyond that? There is lots and lots of Telugu movies and I'm also lucky that, uh, I live in Berlin. So there seems to be a community who's interested in getting the newest 
uh, Tollywood and Sandalwood and also Bollywood releases into the cinema. So this group is renting out the cinema and at least two um, two dates you have for mostly for most of the new movies where you can see them there. So there are people committed to doing that. So I'm able to watch them in the cinema, which is quite nice. And otherwise, you can also stream them because my boyfriend has other sources than I do. I get to enjoy that as well. Um, it's a little bit difficult with understanding, though. I, uh, I feel I'm not at a level yet where I can really grasp what's going on because there's not only the language barrier, but there's also the cultural difference. So since I never visited India, I mean, my boyfriend explains to me what's going on, but still the feeling kind of remains really like, okay, I have no idea what just happened. Um, I think that would get better the, the more culturally exposed you become. Um, but unless I have someone transcribe the movies, uh, I think for now it's more for enjoyment and sometimes for understanding this word or that word and being, I mean, being happy that you just understood a little bit. So it's, it's, um, it helps a bit and it's motivating, but uh, for learning, I think it's, it's not, I'm not there yet. So you've mentioned a few times now um, your boyfriend and how he has helped you with your learning journey. And I know that having a partner who speaks a foreign language, it doesn't always work that way. So um, what are some of the things that you've found helpful in recruiting your boyfriend to help you with his native language um, without, you know, causing any tension between you guys? <laughs> Yeah, that is kind of an ongoing struggle. Um, I forgot where I heard that, but um, somebody said it's not a good idea to talk with your partner in, in their language because it's kind of a different relation that you have with each other in that sense. Like you you would want to talk about all these complex and deep things normally. And suddenly if you speak in their native language, you can't. So it's kind of always tension like you want to express it but you can't and then you switch back into English because it's easier um, but we kind of try to keep motivating each other because he's also learning German while I'm learning Telugu only he has the advantage of having much more resources so he's doing Duolingo every day and I think he has a 300 day streak or something by now and he uh, he gets to participate in a university course which is quite intense it's like eight hours per week and um, I've been learning for two years. And I think he's been learning German for about one year. And hes I feel like he's surpassing my knowledge. So that's kind of a motivator for me to keep going. Like, no, you can't be better yet. We have to stay at the same level. Yeah, we try to um, come up with new activities that we can share. Like, we've been talking about it a lot, but nothing has really worked um, completely. Like, we keep... We keep dropping it and starting new things. Um, but my goal basically would be that we can we can teach each other with comprehensible input. So let's say we would have a story and I would explain it in very simple German and he would maybe explain it in very simple Telugu because I've that's also something I came across in um, during the Fluent Three Months Challenge, the, the TPRS method, which I really, really love. Um, I've hired a Chinese tutor to teach me Chinese in TPRS, uh, and I find it really natural. Like it's very fast, um, it's very smooth, and I've personally there's no better method for me to to learn a language. 
So since then, I've been trying to get my Telugu tutors and also my boyfriend to teach me that way. Um, not so much success yet, but I will be persistent. <laughs> so for those listening who, who don't know, could you actually uh, dive in a bit and tell us a little bit, what is the TPRS method? Basically, you stay in your target language all of the time, or you try to stay in the target language as, as much as you possibly can. Um, so I know it like um, you have some some basis, say some picture or, or story, and the native speaker starts explaining about the picture in words which you can understand. So it's um, it's important that that you um, you don't have to grasp everything the person is saying, but you should grasp maybe about 80, 90 percent. And so you basically start describing like this is a person, the person is wearing a jacket, and then um, the native speaker would keep asking questions um, to make sure that the person is still following. Like, is the jacket blue or is it green? Is he wearing a jacket or pants? And like, in this way, you have to answer the question. And um, this gives the native speaker feedback whether you keep understanding what's happening. And uh, so it's lots of repetition. And by that, you eventually encounter the words enough times that you start understanding what's going on. Um, yeah, so it works like that. And usually um, I record the lesson as well, such that I can re-listen it later. And every time I notice that you start naturally picking up these words. I mean, it requires some skill to teach like that because you have to keep in mind which words the, the learner has already acquired and which words are too complicated. Um, but I think with a bit of experience, one, one gets there. Um, yeah. So I'm curious in using a method like this with your tutors, are you recording your lessons or your conversations with your boyfriend? Even are you recording your conversations so that you could go back and revisit some of these conversations and stories? So I record the lesson with the Chinese teacher, but she's a dedicated TPRS teacher. So she's already used to having the lessons recorded. But um, my Telugu teachers are not used to that. So it's it's a little bit, yeah, we, we haven't recorded anything yet. But um, yeah, I'm still trying to basically get to activities where, um, where which can be considered TPRS. So my first try of um, getting them to do TPRS with me, um, they more tried that I uh, recount the story because they said my language knowledge is already enough. Like, yeah, I guess it's nice, but it's not technically that method. So maybe I will try to bring a picture and maybe we can talk about it together. And maybe I try a bit more actively to focus on repetitions and about asking about new words. But um, yeah, uh, they agreed to having this short part of talking about the picture recorded. But yeah, it's definitely true that um, there is a little bit of a barrier. So it seems they're not so comfortable with having it recorded. And yeah, my boyfriend also doesn't want to have it recorded, but maybe I will get him there. Let's see. Yeah, and that can be a challenge that sometimes you want to have a particular approach with your teacher and they may kind of push back because they have their own preference. But like you said, when you were joining the challenge, you learned that you do have to take the initiative and especially kind of push your teacher away from more academic approaches. So how have you, because ultimately, in a way, you kind of have to teach the teacher 
you have to show them a different method, even though they're the one with all of the language learning knowledge in their in their mind. So what kind of ways have you gone about convincing teachers to, to kind of go in a slightly different direction that you know is going to help you more and to educate them on TPRS and other methods? Um, depends on the teacher. Um, there's one teacher who I think I can't get to, to doing anything else than he likes to do because he designed his whole material around his own course. Uh, but some of the other ones, um, usually I sit down and try to think about all the ways um, which we which the teacher themselves already suggested to me before like they they themselves already tried a lot of strategies to make me learn better and I try to come up with something that's as close to that as possible but maybe with a slight twist and then we just try it because um, two of my teachers are very interested in teaching like they always want to learn new ways to teach and they want to try things, which I'm quite happy about. And then if they see that it's, uh, it gives me more confidence or it's, it's more fun, then they're also quite happy to explore further because they have a quite good feel, I would say, whether I'm feeling scared or confident or happy. Sometimes it's scary how, how well they understand. Even sometimes I don't understand myself. I'm a bit uncomfortable, but they, they always know. So one of the questions that we like to ask all of our guests, given that this is the language hacking podcast, is what is your definition of language hacking? Yeah, I thought about that. Um, I would say it's trying enough new new ways to learn a language until you find the way which makes you addicted to learning a language. I think that's the best way I could come up with. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. That uh, it's concise, but it's very, very well said. Because when you get passionate about it, then that changes your entire experience and just makes you naturally a better language learner. And um, my final question for you is: uh, What ultimately are your plans over these next years? Like, are you going to uh, like do any considerable travels through India and get to experience Telugu on the ground? Or are you going to get into learning other languages? What, what do you think it's going to look like, your language journey over these next years? So I definitely want to go to India. Um, but I think it's going to be a little bit difficult with experiencing Telugu because uh, where I'm going, people actually speak Kannada and they also speak Hindi. Um, but only the family of my boyfriend would speak Telugu. So there's actually a lot of more Indian languages I would want to learn like I would want to learn a bit of Hindi I would probably also want to learn a bit of Kannada um, but learning Kannada seems easier if you already know Telugu so I would first focus on improving Telugu as much as I possibly can and while doing that um, I'd like to maintain the languages which I already started in university so my French my Russian my Chinese just have to kind of find a way to manage all of this with my everyday life I'm still kind of playing around with that. So the focus will definitely be Telugu until I'm conversational. And then, yeah, let's see what what one could focus on. But the whole journey is definitely very inspiring. Like I've never tried that many new things. It's quite cool. That's amazing. Well, we've really enjoyed hearing your story and it's so lovely to to hear someone diving into another language like this and getting the kind of successes that you've had with it. I think it's going to inspire a lot of people listening 
to take a few tricks out of your, your handbook. So thank you very much for joining us. And we'll, of course, hopefully be seeing you in a future boot camp. Yeah, definitely. And thank you a lot for inviting me. And uh, yeah. Excellent. So until the next time, I'll wish everybody listening very happy language learning. Happy language learning. At the end of each episode, Benny and I like to share something that we took away from our conversation with our guest. And this is something that you can try out in your own learning over the next week to see how it goes for you. So I'm going to jump in and go first. And my takeaway was kind of a combination of what Annika and you said, Benny, and that's with our tutors. Sometimes we look at them as an expert and we tend to defer to them to figure out what we need to do and what we need to work on. But there's a lot of power and as an independent language learner in pushing back and taking the initiative with your tutors and directing your lessons a little bit more rather than sitting back and letting your tutor do it. Um, Because you can really get out what you are hoping to get out of your lessons. Whereas when you let the tutor control the lesson, um, it might not necessarily align with your goals and it might not get you along the path that you want to get on in the most direct way. So when you have a good idea of what it is you're trying to achieve in a language and you take some of that control with your lessons and in your learning, um, it can have a really incredible impact. So that would be my takeaway. What about you, Benny? Uh, one thing that surprised me is that she mentioned that she uses Fiverr as a resource And it's not necessarily new to me. I've actually used Fiverr quite a lot for a lot of different things related to the blog and growing my business. Um, And I remember actually trying to search for people who could help me with particular languages, potentially doing things like captions and such. And I would have done this uh, like 10 years ago. Fiverr is a pretty old website. And I didn't have any luck back then. So this is actually a reminder for me that sometimes resources that we may have tried to use a long time ago may have evolved and may be a bit better nowadays. Generally, these things tend to get better. I mean, some things do get worse and they'd get different management and whatever. But um, in this case, I didn't realize that this was a resource. And that's a reminder for me that there's some things that maybe I have tried five or 10 years ago that were not useful to me. And if people are still saying, or if they're starting to say, I'm actually enjoying this, maybe that's a time for me to reconsider and go back and give it another whirl and see if maybe this new version could have a place in my language learning resource bank. So um, the fact that she mentioned Fiverr and I had used Fiverr so much, but never really gotten use out of it in this sense has shown me uh, I might be able to do that for other things that I didn't have luck with in the past. So yeah, that was my big takeaway. I can actually vouch for that because I recently, well, not so recently, but a short while ago, I I revisited Duolingo and um, I noticed that the content, they've listened to feedback from users quite a bit. I was no longer getting sentences like the snake drinks milk. I was getting much more useful sentences with really relevant vocabulary. And so revisiting that ended up being worth it for me because it became one of those quick kind of fill in tools that I could use. It's obviously not something that I completely rely on. And I'm not saying like Duolingo is this amazing tool, but when you have a short block of time and you 
want to do something to fill it with your language. I've found it to be useful um, in that respect, especially with a bunch of the changes they made to the content in the courses. So um, that was one that after a few years I revisited and, and found that to be true. So that's good advice. All right. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Once again, during this podcast, we mentioned the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, which is now the Fluent in Three Months Bootcamp. And you can learn more about this program at languagehacking.com slash bootcamp. And until the next time, happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave us a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Alice Semino, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.